I hate blood. I can't be a doctor. I suck at math, so I can't be an accountant. I'm not really good at remembering things, so I can't be a lawyer. That's what parents want you to be. Basic Asian. They don't see you as successful if you're not any of those. And I didn't want to be just another one. I'm Father Draki, and this is Days Like These. My parents would have liked it if I became a lawyer. I wanted to be a poet. Podcasting is a compromise. Patricia Santiago hasn't followed her parents' advice either. As a kid growing up in the Philippines, she knows she doesn't want to be a company executive like her mum or an engineer like her dad. So when her family leaves Manila for a new life in Melbourne, it's a chance for the plucky 12-year-old to find something new to shoot for. It was freezing cold, did not have a jacket. And I'm like, why do I have to have a hot shower? I've never had a hot shower in my life. I hated it already. People sounded different. People would go, radio. I'm like, what's that? Then I pull out my lunch. It was rice with adobo, which is like a Filipino dish. And people are like, ew, what's that? That's so gross. What's that smell? I definitely felt weird to a point where I started eating my lunch in the bathroom because I didn't want people to make fun of me anymore. I was dark. I was very dark. And I came from the Philippines where everyone has a tan. I think at one point I tried scrubbing off my tan because I looked different. She swaps the dobo for Vegemite sandwiches, works on her accent, gets some warmer clothes. But none of it really works. I'd try to get to school, go home straight away, and then every time we'd be home, we'd do calls in the Philippines. And I remember telling my grandma, you need to save enough money. You need to bring me back home. You need to take me back. I hate it here. I hate Australia. There's no chance of that happening. And the Vegemite Sangers haven't made a dent. Friends are proving hard to find until she discovers she has an edge over her bullies. I suck at maths and I suck at science. My Asian brain cannot comprehend those two subjects. But the stuff that we were doing in maths, I already learnt that in the Philippines in grade three. So I felt like I was smarter than everyone. And I used that to my advantage. I got to spend more time with the teachers because while everyone was doing their work, I was already finished. Hanging out with teachers has never been a surefire path to popularity, but eventually things fall into place. Once people started to see that, oh, okay, she's actually pretty good, and they'd copy my notes, suddenly I was friends with everyone and people didn't tell me I was gross for my habits or for my food. She recognises her classmates are just sucking up, but that won't stop her from climbing up the food chain. Then I started going for leadership roles because I knew that if I was someone in, with the title, people would respect me a bit more, and they did. And then in year 12, that's when I was elected as deputy college captain. And I thought, oh, OK, this is cool. And my bullies, oh, look who's kissing my ass now. Like many immigrant families, Patricia's parents are in employment that doesn't match their more high-flying jobs back home. What they're focused on is job security and getting their children a good education and good prospects. Her mother's working in childcare, 
Her father is a tram driver. And Patricia, deputy school captain, is close to the world of the trammies. Every family gathering was around trams because not only did he work for trams, my auntie also worked for trams, but my auntie's husband also worked for trams. There were a lot of trammies in the family. I grew up talking about shift work and the different routes and stop this is this and oh did you hear about the disruption or did you hear about this and I'm like you're talking about the tram the tram that goes one way her dad loves being a driver at the Essendon tram depot but he's tight-lipped on some of the pitfalls of the job he gets home late one night with no explanation because my dad is always so private and a man of few words he didn't even message us that he had an incident at work where he was bitten by someone who was trying to run away. And I thought, what the hell? My dad's been bitten by a person? That's not okay. Ouch. He might keep the biting quiet, but he and Patricia's mum are pretty vocal about their expectations of their daughter. A B, why didn't you get an A? An A, why didn't you get an A plus? What about being a lawyer? Your tita, which is an auntie, your tita is a doctor. You should follow in their footsteps. So when it was time to choose the course that I would do for university, they'd always point out accounting or economics. Like, I have no interest in that. I can't even pass maths half the time. So what other things am I good at? Okay, I can plan school events. I can plan birthdays. Okay, let's look at event management. It's not medicine, but it's something. She throws herself into it. I was barely home. I don't even know if my parents knew what I was doing. I was always busy. I was always on the go. Because I thought if I was busy, no one could question me what I'm doing. My parents can't question me. So I did a lot of jobs, plus university. I just wanted to make it. Although Patricia's ambitions don't square with her parents' dreams, she does share their drive. Fresh out of uni, she fires off a bunch of job applications, hoping something will stick. And the first place that really got back to me was an exhibitions company. I thought, okay, this is cool. They have an office and you have to dress up. It's time to be an adult now. Patricia's hustle can't be denied. And she's rewarded with more glamorous gigs, including a coveted spot at the Australian Open. And one of the people that I actually got to speak to was Naomi Osaka. There was one point where I just saw on my right Serena Williams and her daughter having a run around the park. And I thought, oh my God, that is so cool. And then one time, elevators open. Rafael Nadal was in front of me and I was like, oh my God, that cool. I even remember having like a really good chat with Ash Barty. I'm having a chat with some of the world's best tennis players. I kind of have made it in the events world. Mind you, my parents, I don't think, understood what I did for a long time. They just saw me as the person that would be picked up at 6am to go to Sydney and then fly back to Melbourne and then go to Brisbane, then fly back to Melbourne. But the problem is, as much as it was good, it wasn't secure. So when my parents would ask, when are you going to buy a house? I could never give them an answer because I never had the money. And then her dad surprises her. He's been on her back her whole life about being a doctor or a lawyer. He's never understood her work in event management. 
It turns out, though, he doesn't care about her having the most fancy schmancy job. He's not interested in her being the smartest or the highest paid person in the room. What he wants for her is simple. He wants her to have stability. And so he asks her, Why don't you apply to be a tram driver? It comes out of left field, but there's something about it that just makes sense to her. She's had it with bolshy bosses, and the glamour of events is wearing off too. It's being replaced by a sense that her life's starting to feel like those first few days of high school. I was always the odd one out, and I didn't know if I could do that again. It was giving me anxiety just to produce my own resume. I was struggling to toot my own horn because I just felt so fake. So she fires up her laptop and finds the Yarra Trams website. Let's just have a look. Let's have a look at what they offer. I go to the careers, I start reading about being a tram driver. I'm like, okay, click apply. You have to put down preferences of the depots. Okay, my dad works at Essendon, so I'll put that as the first preference. That would be pretty cool to work with dad. My dad is very quiet, my dad is very reserved, and my dad was a very strict Asian dad. This is a great opportunity to actually get to know my dad. She needs to attach a CV and cover letter. She rehashes an old resume. It's full of her event management experience and her ability to wrangle catering, corporate logos and function centres. She doesn't tell a soul she's applied. But then I get a phone call to attend an assessment. And I thought, oh, shit, what have I done? But she psychs herself up for the assessment, still keeping her partner and her parents in the dark. I go into the room and I was the youngest. And I was the only female in the room. The assessments were computer-based. Clicking a mouse felt like a game to me. And because I was tech-savvy, I finished it before anyone else did. Okay, this is how trams are like. In full gamer mode, she aces it. And when she's asked to confirm her preference for the Essendon Depot, she's clear. What's your second preference? Essendon Depot. No, no, you need to choose another depot. No, no, but I want Essendon Depot. And your third preference? I said, Essendon Depot. Essendon it is then. Patricia gets her wish and her dad's about to get a surprise. I didn't want to tell him until I got fitted for my uniform because I just wanted to send him a photo of me in uniform being like, hey, look at what I'm wearing. I had to try on all these different clothes to get the right size. I even had to find the right size high vis. And then the other thing I had to find my size for was steel cap boots. Now I am strictly heels or ballet flats kind of girl. So to be fitted for steel cap boots, oh my goodness, it was so heavy. I remember looking at myself in the mirror and I just thought, oh my goodness, I look like dad. And she is totally cool with that. Still in her high vis and work boots, she stops by her parents' place for a preview. My dad, a man of few words, didn't really say much, but he had a smirk and I'm like, ah, this guy knows that he's done it. He's convinced me. Coming from a family of trammies, Patricia already knows the team at the Essendon Depot, but working with them gives her some insights she couldn't get anywhere else. Oh, do you know that your dad has the best jokes? Oh, your dad makes me laugh all the time. Oh, he's so nice. 
And I'm like, my dad sharing jokes? No, you must be talking about someone else. My dad is so serious. That is absolute BS. You're not talking about my dad. Up until a few weeks ago, Patricia was convinced trams drove themselves. She's about to get a rude awakening. My brain was struggling to adjust, trying to remember the speed limits, the rules, the procedures. It was a very, very overwhelming eight weeks. How stupid I was to think that trams drove itself because it is not easy. The complexities of driving a tram, I don't know how I thought that was automatic because it requires a level of focus and a level of awareness that I had it before, but now I am hyper aware. I can tell you if things are happening behind me before I even look behind me, just purely on the sound. You read the body language of a car and you have to think before others think. I used to just react in my marketing and events job, but being a tram driver, you're always on your toes. You don't know what's gonna happen every day, every hour. You just have to be very switched on. Patricia's got this. She's always been switched on. And now she applies that focus to Melbourne's tram network, the largest in the world. The first time I actually drove the tram, I was driving with my trainer and we were just doing some brake tests and just driving just to familiarise myself with the route. I remember going back into the depot and a driver said, how many days have you been on the road for? You look way too comfortable. You're waving at everyone. And I'm like, yeah, it's exciting to see other tram drivers. And he's like, most people just look nervous. Not Patricia, though. She is pumped she's joined the family business. The first time I saw my dad at Essendon, I was so excited that I just kept calling, Dad, Dad, Dad. I forgot the fact that we were in a workplace. And you could see how proud he was. The next stop is Queen Victoria Market. After this stop, this tram will be turning left. Like her dad, Patricia's now a fully qualified tram driver with her very own route and one that's close to her heart. Hello, passengers. I'm driving the same streets that I used to ride as a passenger. I'm seeing people I used to catch the trams with be my passengers. I even remember there's this one lady. She was from the church that we used to go to. And she's like, hey, you're the Santiago kid. Well, you drive the tram. This is the end of the free tram zone. Please make sure you have a violet mic. Thank you. It's not just familiar faces she spots. When the Australian Open rolls around, a VIP taps on. This person came up to the driver's cabin and said, thanks, driver, in a very American accent. Looks back and I go, holy shit, that's Naomi Osaka. I met her last year. I've met her this year. That's cool. Mind you, I think I missed my light. She's loving the work and the job security. Taking her lead, her partner even ditches his job in her old industry to train to be a trammy. Neither of them miss the world of event management. One of the times I was driving, heading towards Flinders, and I see this guy, and he turns around. Immediately, I saw he was one of the bosses that I had, and he was the one that made me really question my time in marketing and events, but more importantly, my skills. He was the person that really made me hate my job. So when I saw this person crossing the street, I got goosebumps and he sees me and he starts waving at me. 
And I just went, oh shit, how many more people? Come on, come on. I was itching to close my doors to take off. But he ran for the tram and I just thought, oh my God. So he gets on the tram and he's like, Patricia, how are you? And I'm like, sorry, I can't speak to you while the tram is driving. I'll speak to you later. He didn't stop talking. He just kept gloating about all his successes and what he's doing. And and then we get to Collins Street and he's like, actually, I've got a job open if you want it, because I'm sure you don't want to wear high-vis forever. Look at you. And then I'm like, what are you trying to imply? You just don't want to be a tram driver forever. But I have a job opening if you want. It's great pay. At this point, we're at Flinders Street. So he's just staring at me and I just go, oh, this is actually Flinders Street, last stop. Have a good day. Close the doors and that was it. Some of what she's up against on the trams is way worse than an old boss she doesn't like. Being a young Asian woman means Patricia cops a lot of racist abuse. Not many people are very accepting of the fact the person driving them is a young female Asian driver. Almost on a regular basis, I'd get the, I don't want an Asian driver. I don't want you driving my tram. You'll crash. Okay, no worries. You can get the next tram. Maybe they're a different driver. People are very quick to attack the person behind the uniform. Because they don't think that there's consequences. My dad has always said, just ignore them. Don't give them anything. And that's what I do. I don't tolerate it when people are being racist to others. Because I just think, what if that's my mum? What if that's my dad, my grandparents, whatever it is? But if they're attacking me, whatever. Just don't do it to others. But I do get it quite often. And you grow a really thick skin. Because I get blamed for everything. I get blamed for when it rains. I get blamed for when a tram is a couple of minutes late. And like a lot of things are out of my control. And I just have to remember that. I can only control what's in front of me. And that is the tram that I'm driving. And as long as I get people to where they need to go safely, I've done my job. Despite the abuse, Patricia stays on track. In a gig economy, she knows she's got a job for life. She's made peace with the uniform too. But she hasn't quite shaken her status anxiety. Because growing up, my family and the society that I grew up in in the Philippines, they love titles. They loved that I had a title. I was event organiser, marketing manager. And having a title gave you a sense of status. But as a tram driver, it's not quite the same. And it's something that I adjust to and I try to embrace every day because when you're driving the tram, especially during work hours, I see people dressed in their corporate attire and I used to be the corporate girl. And I see them and I think, ah, I kind of miss being a corporate girl. I kind of miss wearing that. I kind of miss looking important like that. But then I remember, do I really want to go back to where I was? Do I want to go back to the kind of life I used to live where I was burnt out and living paycheck to paycheck? No, I don't. I have a level of financial stability I've never had before. This is the first time that I've been able to save money. And to me, that is so rare. And apart from the job security, it's the relationship with her dad that really means something to Patricia. I just know that every time I talk to dad about that, he'd be as excited as I am. When he sees it's me driving the tram, he has the biggest smile. And my dad... Man of few words and man of very few facial expressions. And it's so good to see that because 
how often do we get to see our parents in their workplace? But now I get to live that every day. Because of him, I've turned into a bit of a gunzel. Gunzel is a word that means tram expert who knows everything. My partner and I, we've gone to a few restaurants that we have seen while we're driving. Mind you, we still talk about trams. And when we're sitting there, I can hear the tram coming from a mile away. I know what type of tram it is. And I'll just be like, oh, the D classes. Yeah, that's the six. And then we'd start talking about random facts and then you'd hear the gong and I'm like, yeah, I told you it was a D-class. Yep, she is definitely turning into a bit of a gunzo. As she and her partner discovered on a recent trip to Paris, something they could only do with the security of working in jobs that give them the financial stability to plan a trip overseas. We're just walking around, having croissants, and then we hear this gong, and it's the exact same gong as the C-Class, which he drives. Him and I looked at each other like, what the hell was that? Who brought the C-Class to Paris? And turns out the C-Class was made in France. So they shared the same gong. So everywhere we went, every time we heard it, we'd be like, oh my God, it's following us. We thought we can't take the trams home. Well, we can apparently take it on holidays. This story was produced on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri and Gadigal peoples. It was reported by Sam Wicks. Our sound engineer was Tim Jenkins. Sophie Townsend is our executive producer. If you're a gunzel with a good story, please share it with us. You can send a voice memo or an email. Just drop us a line at dayslikethese at abc.net.au. And follow Days Like These on the ABC Listen app or wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. See you next time.